0: All right, welcome to the Biotech and Breweries podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Schroeder, and today I'm joined by Leanne Marchese from an organization called Life Science Cares and Simon Lacey from New English Brewing. Leanne and Simon, thanks a bunch for making time. It's great to see both of you.
1: Nice to see you too. Thanks, Dan.
0: Yeah. So before we dig into life science and Life Science Cares, uh, let's get started with some beer. So Simon, could you start off by maybe giving us a little background on New English Brewing? Sure.
2: Started New English Brewing in San Diego in 2007, um, so we've been around a long time. We were obviously my timing, as usual, was pretty awesome because then we had the financial crash of 2008 or the, the housing crash, whatever the heck the crash was. So many crashes, but anyway. So we bootstrapped for a couple of years, and moving to a diff- couple of different locations, and we we ended up over here in Santa Valley in 2011. So we're coming up on our 11th anniversary over here, but we're now at um, on Saratoga Valley Road, and we just went through a major renovation of the of the space during COVID, thanks to our landlord, and um, which is Longfellow, by the way, which is a life science com- uh, landlord that, that deals mostly with life science biotech lab tenants. So, um, anyway, uh, we've been here, like I said, since two thousand eleven, and we've just been growing steadily. Like everybody in the hospitality industry, the the, the pandemic made us reevaluate our business quite a bit. And right now we're focused on our on-site retail hospitality uh, business. Oh, and you've beaten me to it. You're already drinking. Okay, so I've bought a couple of different beers. We're going to start yes, out it's with, never with too Blueberry early. When Blonde. When the conversation starts, all bets are off. So <laughs> I thought we're going to try three of our, well, of our, yeah, some of our, our, our crowd favorites. Uh, blueberry Blonde. We first brewed it, it's been about four or five years ago when we brewed it for breast cancer Aware- awareness month for promotion as you can wow, see the pink, cool. the pink color um so it was an october beer back then but it was so popular that we just kept on we kept on brewing it year round and it's um it's, it's an american pale ale with a whole bunch of of natural blueberry concentrated blueberry flavoring added so it's actual real blueberries it's not an additive or a chemical flavoring mm. it's it's real blueberries which are getting more and more expensive due to the supply chain crisis, but mm. we keep on making it, and people really like
0: it. And cheers! Cheers! Yeah, cheers! And and Simon, I didn't mean to to cut you off by having a sip of my beer. I, I had a hard time waiting, as you could tell. But um, oh, you're you're talking good. a little bit about the the renovation and the, the changes to New English. You know, I I feel bad. I, I wasn't all that familiar with New English several years ago, but it's kind of feels like it's become a bit of a destination. In in the Sonoma Valley, kind of Carmel Valley area, for for people to meet up, the the outside space and the even the indoor space too. It's such a great space to meet up for, you know, either with just one person or with a group. So that's, I'm sure that's been um, a nice uh, change and kind of upgrade to to your your space and your business.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we were first started out here with our, our, t- our on site t- tasting room. We were pretty much a, um, a a drop-in spot for people heading home to Carmel Valley and La Jolla from work in the surrounding area. You know, Mira Mesa, Qualcomm types, UCSD people, General Atomics folks. There's a whole bunch. We you know we had a lot of regulars from the surrounding companies that would drop in. It was just really an after-work spot, so mon- Monday through Friday kind of thing. And then the weekends we were open, but wasn't that busy. And then. Four or five years ago, we we opened a, um, a separate event space or an additional event space called the Bower Room, and we were doing a lot of events in there. It was a, it's a nice big space. It's about twenty four hundred square feet, plus some really nice bathrooms, a really nice bar area, and plenty of furniture to relax on. And we had you know AV system and all the rest of it. So we used to do a lot of a lot of events, a lot of corporate oh. events, a lot of parties, things like that. Then the pandemic came along, and during the pandemic, we had to close all of our indoor space down completely. But as you mentioned earlier, that we had had this big renovation happening in 2020, thanks to our landlord who bought the entire the entire uh, portfolio from our old landlord and upgraded the space and converted part of the outside parking lot into into an amenity space for their tenants. Um, so there's a patio and lawn and uh, some really nice furniture and a fire pit and you know we're able to um, to work with them on 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 converting part of that space into, exclude, you know, beer drinking and beer drinking amenity as well. They were totally cool with that and have supported us and it's been a really awesome uh, partnership, actually. So that was really good for us because when we were closed inside, we were able to to, to serve to people sitting outside when, you know, assuming once the, the initial strict lockdown was over. And then we, we also took some time to renovate old indoor space, the original tasting room that we had that was very industrial, so we made that into a slightly more pleasant environment and we added a games room with a pool table and dartboards and we added a whole bunch of TVs. So now we've a we, little more of what you would think of if uh, if you go to a, you know, a, I would say a, maybe a higher end tasting room or kind of a, a no, I wouldn't say a sports bar particularly because we don't have that many TVs, but it's it's a bit more comfortable, a bit less industrial but still, kind of, you know, you have the the brewery vibe. You can see the the, the brewery equipment, the tanks from the uh, from the pub side. That was the the, uh, the smaller tasting room. We call it the pub, and then the large tasting room we call it the barrel room. So, but yeah, it's been a it's been kind of a roller coaster for us, just the same as, as for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've survived, and we came out the back end, and here we are. So
0: lucky. That's great. It's uh, it's amazing in San Diego to me. It's always amazing to me how. There doesn't seem to be an overwhelming supply of places with a great outdoor space to, to to kind of to be outside. You'd think in San Diego that every every brewery, every restaurant would have like a great patio with space for games and things like you guys have, but it's it's not. They're kind of few and far between. So I'm sure that's part of the draw.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great space. It's so fun. Thank you. It is like a destination, Simon.
2: So yeah. as I said, it was it was, we were we were very fortunate to have. You know to have the landlord come in and, and make those renovations mm-hmm. just that just at the time when we were closed anyway so it, it kind of it was definitely a win-win
0: it's great all right so I, I kind of then interrupted you again you're on the train of, of introducing us to these beers and I, I made you go backwards again but we've you've, you've, you've introduced us to the blueberry blueberry blonde which I've had a little bit of it's it's great I like it I love that you're using real blueberries to your point yeah. so
2: it's, and not it's nice not and to, you know,
0: the, the artificial flavor
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not not big on artificial flavors, so it's it's got a very tart, really approachable, real blueberry flavor, and yeah, um, yeah people like it. It's, it's crisp and dry and crushable, but it, mm-hmm. it's six percent, so it's it's got a decent amount of uh, of punch in it as well. If you uh, if you stick with it,
0: and then um, you've got two more kind of lined up behind that for us. Um, I do, which I don't want to. I don't want to push the pace too much. That's okay. But we can I'm, switch but up but to the yeah. Um, I'm curious. The, the first one had a cool story. I I I know you know familiar with the name on the third. But we'll, before we get there, next is the the pure and simple IPA.
2: Yeah. So pure and simple IPA. This is our flagship West Coast style IPA. It's our best selling beer, and it's uh we've been making it for quite a while. Got a two thousand sixteen
0: gold medal on the side, it looks like. So it's been, yeah, we've, it's been we've a popular been, beer for we've a while. Definitely
2: won a few gold medals. It won uh it looks like two thousand fourteen at Los Angeles um International Beer Festival and also gold medal at the two thousand sixteen San Diego County Fair beer competition. So yeah, pretty pretty pleased with this. It's like I said, it's yeah. it's our it's our most popular beer by sales volume and it's probably one of the best-known beers, except for the next one we're going to try it in a second. So it's got mosaic, uh, citra, and amarillo hops. Again, it's light, quite crisp. It's six and a half percent, so it's it's an easy drinker, but um, has plenty of flavor. You Get all that kind of tropical fruit flavor and aroma from the from the mosaic, and the citra gives it a bit of uh, a bit of citrus zing as well. So yeah, wow, it's, it's that is tasty.
0: <laughs> I would agree.
1: Editorial. Can I ask a quick question? Because sure. it's kind of a stupid beer question, but what's the IPA? Like IPAs are the like everybody wants an IPA and everybody drinks them, but I don't understand what IPA stand like is. Oh, what does that stand for? Is that a sorry? So Dan, IPA
0: stands for no, India good, good Pale good Ale. Question.
1: Stupid beer questions. I'm just like I don't understand. what the, Oh,
0: <laughs> there's no such thing as a stupid beer. Yeah, question here. it looks here like later. it's
1: India Pale Ale, but like what what does that really mean, Simon?
2: Oh well, so back in the I don't know 18th century, is that right? Something like that. When uh, when when jolly old England was uh, having an empire and uh, had had soldiers in far far flung places like India, for instance, they used to send beer out to the troops. And um, somebody figured out a higher alcohol beer that had more hops in it because uh, would 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 actually be able to survive the journey without refrigeration because obviously they d- didn't have refrigeration back in those days. So hops actually, hop the hop plant is is a kind of a cousin of, of um, the other leafy green that has become popular in San Diego lately, uh, California in general. So um, it's a natural preservative, as is alcohol. And so the higher the hop content and higher the alcohol content means that the beer would survive the the sea journey of several months out to India and then still be basically drinkable when it got there. So that that was the that was the genesis of the India Pale Ale. Ca- uh,
1: um, I never knew that. That's a, that's awesome.
2: And then.
0: You know, probably
2: I twenty or so years that. I didn't
0: know ago. I do not know details of that either. That's that's uh, even the host here is, but I should know those things, but I I don't. So thank you.
2: Well, you're going to have to have somebody from some, the the guys over at Stone Brewing really resurrected the style uh, twenty or so years ago when they started bringing out all these really big San Diego beers, and they 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 brought back India Pale Ale, you know, with with high alcohol and loads of hops and loads of hop bitterness. They've kind of changed, so now the the bitterness level has kind of Tailed off a little bit. People, are, there's no. Used to be this arms race. IBUs is the international bittering unit. That's the the the, the measure of bitterness. So that that used to be kind of uh, everybody's bragging rights. How high were your IBUs? But over time, I think people are got a bit fed up with that. So beers have tended to be a bit more rounded now. Our, we've already always kind of striven for balanced beers rather than extreme in one one area or another. So. And now even IPAs have become they've probably heard of the haze we have, don't have a hazy today, but um, we've probably heard of hazy I- IPAs, the haze craze from the from the sure. uh, the northeast. They're called um, New England IPAs. And they virtually have no bitterness at all. So I don't know. But hop flavor, but not bitterness. So anyway, this is our yeah. this pure this and is simple so- is, is our take on a on a, a West Coast style, more traditional IPA. It's it's obviously clear, it's not hazy. And uh, it's tons of hop aroma and flavor.
1: Well, it has a ton of flavor, and I've always been like, um, you know, I went to school at Chico, so Sierra Nevada, like, yeah. So that was like, like the pure, like bitter, like you're gnawing on some bark and you're drinking the beer (laughs) at the same time. But I have to say, like, I've never, and so I've always shied away. But it's heresy. Hey,
2: you don't ever go back for a school reunion in uh, in Chico now. They've got (laughs) you. you've You've marked your card.
1: I know it, that. I'm. Yeah. Hopefully nobody hears me say that. But this is so good. It's so flavorful, and it it does have a lot of. It is well round. I mean, it, there's a lot of flavor to it, and it's not so in your face. But it's so rich and good. So I might. This might be my new uh, go to that I can get into the IPA crowd.
2: Well, right before I came on the show here, and I'm probably good job. It's not smell vision because we were just canning, uh, doing a canning run of of the pure and simple and. A little bit sprayed with beer a couple of times, so. But we do have a, uh, a the brewer's know, cologne. Fresh,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, fresh batch. So head over to the tasting room and pick some up. So, do you guys sell? Are any of these available in grocery or stores in, anywhere in San Diego, or is it um, mostly just at the tasting <laughs> room? Okay, thanks Taste for asking. Um,
2: so we do have a distributor. We are in some stores, but after the pandemic, we've kind of we've kind of changed our focus from wholesale. To on-site retail, so we, you know, you'll see us in a few select restaurants and bars around town, and in a few stores like Sprouts Markets and uh, Bevmo's. Some Bevmo's have us on the shelf as well, but then it won't be our whole portfolio. It'll usually be two or three of our beers, whatever they decided to, right. to carry. And um, you know, the best place to actually pick it up is at the brewery. You can tell it's going to be fresh, and you know it's it going to be course.
0: good. Yep, great. All right. So we're we're two down with one to go. The next one before we crack it, I've i noticed in the name is it's Zumbar. Yeah, I'm familiar with Zumbar Coffee. You know, coffee's places here in San Diego. They've got a couple of locations. One one not too far from you. Exactly. Um, is that so Zumbar Coffee there, are and they, Tea? Are they partner in this?
2: Yep, Steve, the owner over there, is a good friend of ours and um, great guy. We, par- we we partnered up with with Zumbar when we decided to make a a chocolate coffee imperial stout. So it's a Russian imperial stout base, which basically means a really strong stout. So this is 9.3%. And it's brewed with um, his El Mundo coffee beans. So real coffee beans in the mash and then real coffee beans in the secondary, which means um, Hmm. once the beer is fermented, we move it to another tank and we steep it on coffee and then we add uh, Belgian dark chocolate as well. Real chocolate, not a flavor or an additive, uh, so real coffee, real chocolate, and the result is Zumbar chocolate coffee p- p- imperial stout, bit of a mouthful, but this is our most awarded beer. We've won a ton of medals at the LA County Fair. We've also won a couple of GABF medals for this beer, including a gold medal in 2015, by the look of it, so the level, medal's on the label. So pretty.
1: But, um,
0: yeah, it is. It's... um. This is a sneaky one because it's 9.3% <laughs> as you said. But I think if you if someone ordered like a nitro iced like a nitro like cold brew and you gave this to them, I I don't know if they would know the difference. They might they may not even realize that what they what they're drinking has alcohol in it cuz it's yeah, there's a coffee tons flavor, of, tons of and coffee so aroma. It's, yeah, it's, it's really good. This
1: is such a great beer.
0: It's
2: super rich. It's just yeah. decadent.
1: It really is.
2: So this is probably I mean, pure and simple is, is is a beer that probably a lot more people have tried because IPAs are the thing in San Diego. But this is probably the one among people that know us that they know the best, and it's the the favorite beer. This is
1: yeah. And this is why I chose New English because this is absolute. I'm a dark beer fanatic, and this is one of my absolute good. faves. I can only drink so much of it, or I'll be super smashed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, you want to slow down. If you, home, you've got another, another half an hour to go on the conversation. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm in the
1: is, second there... half there, Dan. Nice work.
0: <laughs> that makes for more fun conversation. It's going to be, you know, maybe we'll talk about some things that don't usually come up. So with with this much of a coffee uh, flavor to it, I mean, is there any caffeine content that kind of comes along with that, or is it?
2: Um, I would I would not doubt that there is some caffeine extracted into the beer, but it's yep. uh.
0: Not enough to not enough to be noticeable.
2: Well, put it this way: I, if I drink a, a cappuccino after dinner and go to bed, I can't sleep. But I could drink okay. one of these before bed and go to sleep. But I think that's the alcohol knocks you out and the caffeine is overridden. So yeah,
0: okay, good point. I, well I don't said. think
2: there's a ton of. I don't think there's. we never tested it, but I don't think there's a ton of caffeine in there. Okay. One thing I should mention, while we're on the subject, is that talking about things that are in the beer all of our beers except for the any wheat beers and the hazies which include a lot of wheat we use a a, um, an enzyme in our beers called clarity firm and um, it's a completely natural enzyme made by white labs in san diego and what it does is it it breaks up the peptide chain in the beer and essentially uh, reduces the gluten content of the beer to a, a level which is essentially unmeasurable we just can't call our beers gluten free because they started with gluten and there could be one teeny tiny little bit of gluten left in there Trace them out right yeah so the gluten reduced all of our beers except for the wheat beers and the hazy beers we're starting with wheat why try and remove it just stay away yeah. from the wheat beers if you don't like you know if you're a celiac don't don't drink a wheat beer because it's gonna kill you but uh
0: well I think you wouldn't you know the name when it's in the name it's not you're not gonna make a make a mistake by ordering one right. if you didn't want it so
2: but yeah, we've been doing that for, I don't know, five years now at least in, in all of our beers. We, we dropped a wheat beer that we used to make because of that reason, because we didn't want people to be confused. But when the hazy beers came back around or came around, we decided to, we would make a hazy beer because it's a, such a popular style at the moment. And now we have to basically educate people to say that, you know, hey, the hazy beer doesn't have the the... Enzyme, so it's not gluten-reduced. But other than that, everything else on our lineup is, is gluten-reduced all the time. So,
0: no, know. That's great. There's a lot of people that are, I think, that would love to cut out some extra gluten when you can. And if, if yeah, the and beer is still... Be, excellent, it it you're not paying not a price a, with flavor. So.
2: A celiac thing. A lot of people are just doing it as, yeah. a, as a as a wellness thing, as a, just a, yeah. a dietary thing. So sure. whatever, we could, whatever we could do to help and keep people drinking beer, that's our goal. <laughs>
1: Do you do, very, you do a bourbon-barreled... We do. You guys kind of do that in a seasonal, which is really... I can only drink oh so much of those before it's, you know, that that crazy... Don't give we used, dark to, we used to have as a, as a, a much song, more
2: but... wide-ranging barrel-aging program before the pandemic, and we kind of got out of our stride a little bit, but we have a year-round bourbon-barrel-aged brown ale, which is our regular English-style brown ale aged in Heaven Hill bourbon barrels. So that's on mm-hmm. tap here, and it's for sale in bottles all pretty much year-round. Um oh. right now we've got a barrel aged barley wine a uh, rye barley wine actually on mm. tap
1: and i cannot dig into the barley I, dan have you had yeah. those i mean they're i it's i, I much for me to. too. I'm, I'm, uh, it's like slugging through the mud for me i, I can't get into it
2: well soft to, it's, it. it's a certain it takes a certain uh, a certain person to want to drink yeah, a am Yeah to turn my collar up and head
1: towards the cold rain just to i, I think i yeah so i, I want to get into yeah. it and try it so
2: We'll be having a barrel aged tap take over here. We used to do this every year, um, oh, fun. and we still have we still have a portfolio in our in our archive of probably seven or eight different barrel aged uh, beers. So maybe later on this uh, this summer, or early fall, we'll do a uh, barrel
0: aged tap take over. We'll, we'll, we'll have to be up, down for we'll Dan.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'd love to. I, I, I've been there. Um, I guess including you know the visit the other day, Simon. I've been there twice total, so I need to. I need. I'm, I'm eager to get back. And I'll uh, be bringing colleagues or friends to to show them the place as well next time. Great. Well, you know where we are. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, Simon, bef- you know, before we kind of move into the life science or biotech, you know, portion of the conversation, is there anything else about the brewery that you think would be good for our listeners to be aware of? Well,
2: not really. Just that we're we're located on uh, on Sorrento Valley Road, about halfway from between the freeway and the corner house, the the Caliente restaurant over there at the corner of Carmel Mountain Road. So uh, we're open six days a week. Uh, we're closed on Monday at present. We have food every day, courtesy of our friends at the Craft Taco Truck. And they're here every day that we're open. And uh, yeah, we, our hours are posted. Probably might change our hours a little bit with the summer coming up here and the weather improving. But mm-hmm. um, come on by, hang out, have a good time as long as you're interested in having a, a good time and drinking some good beer. Then yeah,
1: bringing the dogs and the kids down. I mean, I see all sorts of folks out out on that lawn and we have
2: a lot of families that bring their kids fun, and fun to see. Dogs we Even seen a couple of cats
0: on leashes, but you know <laughs> each to their own. So yeah, each to their own is a good way of putting that. I don't, I don't know how I feel about cats on leashes, but,
1: yeah, it's, only, but it's always an you know. interesting day when you see a cat on a leash. But yeah, I don't you know, whatever. It's interesting.
0: Yep. All right. Well Simon, okay. thanks again for making time. All right. Well it was nice to so
1: great to meet you, Simon. I hope I actually you see you one of these days. You're like a celebrity to me now. So I'm, I'm going to come down and make a point to visit. And Please, just kinda, I want to try a couple of those you beers get, yeah. you talked about. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. appreciate it. All
0: right. So, Leanne, so we we're ha- we got some beers going. It's a good time to, to kind of maybe get into to getting to know you a little bit. So, you're the Executive Director of Life Science Cares now. But mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit about your personal background. You obviously have mm-hmm. uh, a, a you know, long career in philanthropy and working with different, founda- uh, uh, I shouldn't say foundations, but different nonprofits. Would you mind giving us a little background on yourself?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I would love to. You know, it's, uh, I grew up here in Encinitas, so kind of a hometown girl. It's an extremely special community that I've, you know, I've, I've gone away to school and I end up coming back here because it's a hard, hard community to leave. You know, definitely my background has, I've always worked in the public sector. I've always, my work has always included doing something for the community and, and trying to, you know, help others through my work. So I've, I've usually always worked in nonprofits or, again, in the public sector. And um, I, I love to tell the story because Life Science Cares is so much about volunteerism as it is about providing grants to organizations. But, you know, I think I got my first bit of volunteering when I was in middle school. And my mom asked me, she goes, well, what are you going to do for the summer? I said, I just going to lay on the couch and kind of watch TV and chill out. She goes, no, you're not. You're going to get up. You're going to go do something. So I was uh, not old enough to work. So she said, you're going to go out and find, find a place to volunteer. So um, I did. I volunteered at San Diego Park at the Girl Scout camp. And... Okay. Um, and I really fell in love with it, and so that's a little bit about my background and kind of how I got started. and And I continued in nonprofit work and worked in in boys and girls clubs. I was the executive director of Elder Help. I worked for the Department of Housing and Urban Development with the federal government, which was a short stint because there's a little bureaucracy there for somebody who's a little entrepreneurial, which I definitely have in my veins. And most immediately um, was also the executive director of Elder Help, so really focused on helping seniors in the community. And then right before I joined Life Science Cares, I was with the YMCA of San Diego County, really overseeing all their youth development programs and helping to build a brand new YMCA in Pacific Beach, which, like uh, restaurants and breweries, is not really conducive to a pandemic. So, found myself on furlough, kind of benched. And I have to tell you, I just never thought I'd, I'd be benched. I don't know what it is, but I thought, gosh, I, I can't believe sitting out for a long period of time of life. But my my teenage boys loved it because I was baking cookies and pickling vegetables and making food and they were all stoked about it. But I really thought that I have to kind of get back in and, and look around how I can contribute. And I found Life Science Cares, and, or they found me. So I'm very excited about that. So that's a little bit about my background. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's great. Most uh guests on this on this podcast are, you know, work in the biotech space. With you know, with the, they're scientists, they're they're entrepreneurs, they're leading biotech companies in a lot of cases. So this is a little different, where, you know, you're you're heading up a nonprofit, which is very obviously closely tied to the San Diego life science ecosystem but mm-hmm. maybe you could kind of help help us understand what the mission of of life science cares san diego being the san diego chapter what the mission statement is
1: I absolutely can get there and certainly want to add in you know in my journey I did spend 2 years working at BioCom with Joe Panetta love joe okay uh, yeah. so and I have to always share like why the connection of life science cares made sense, right? I, I sat in a room with Joe and listened to an early stage company talk about their work. And I was absolutely kind of mesmerized by the work that they were doing and what all our companies are doing in San Diego and Life Sciences. So I think I really had a passion around that, but it was also probably one of the the girls in high school that you know, I didn't quite get the science experiment or the or the algebra, so it was like, okay, well, you can go over here and work here. So I think I had that experience too. But when I came to Life Science Cares, I was really intrigued and excited about coming back and kind of linking my two worlds in a, an organization that has a mission to unite the life science community, unite the life science ecosystem around making a collective effort to help those who are impacted by poverty in our community. That mission is something I really could rally around. And it is a it's a unique mission in that the way that we achieve that mission is not just by making grants to organizations in the community, but we also deploy, mobilize volunteers in the life science companies and adjacent companies like yours, Dan. So people who are helping make science happen, you know, First Republic, and really kind of catalyze that energy. To put forth an effort to help those in the community of need in San Diego, so that's a little bit about our mission, a little bit how I'm connected to that mission, and um, so it's a very exciting and provocative mission to have, and people are really responding to it in San Diego.
0: That's great. I mean, you're you're really right there at the uh, kind of the intersection of of life science and of of giving back. So you're kind of you're helping a lot of life science you know, entrepreneurs and companies. Find find an avenue to give back and support the community, which is which is amazing. So the San Diego chapter for Life Science Cares was formed. Was it about a year ago? Is that about right?
1: Yeah, we were formed, uh, kind of conceptualized probably as early as two ni- 2019, 2020. But we, we kind of came to f- came to be in two thousand twenty in September. You know, our founding board of managers, really, uh, you know, high level, well known folks here in San Diego. They kind of tossed around this idea in, you know, probably some patio meetings and dinner meetings and thought, God, we'd really love to have a Life Science Cares in San Diego to emulate some of the success in Boston where it began. But somebody stood up and said, hey, you probably should hire an executive director to get this thing moving. And that's uh, when that happened in August, September 2020. That's when I came on board and when we got things rolling to execute and create Life Science Cares here in San Diego. So we're still pretty young. We're like a little startup.
0: Yeah. Well, it doesn't. You know, a year in, you're not. You don't seem like a startup anymore. It's like the growth has been pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I always like Um, to remind people we're a startup. We only have, you know, but we have we have grown rapidly. Like I was just on the phone with, gosh, a couple. You know, so many companies every day. Like I, I, I'm, I told like everybody would love to be a part of this movement for life science cares and that's the exciting part. So, yeah, sometimes it doesn't well, it feels like a startup when I'm um when I'm trying to deal with banking and onboarding employees, but it doesn't feel like a startup when you're talking to, you know, companies about their involvement and their commitment to the community here in San Diego. And the fact that we have two to three companies a day who want to be a part of this and leaders within life science companies. So that's very exciting.
0: And so what what when you're when you're connecting with life science companies or with the community, are you trying to raise money? are you trying to to pull people together to spend time out in the community volunteering or what what are the objectives?
1: Well, it's really equally both. Uh, I think that one one kind of complements the other, right? If we just gave, if we just took money from people and gave it out as grants, we'd be a foundation. However, life science cares kind of has this secret sauce where, we really try to and do connect the caring and passionate employees within the life science community with nonprofits in the community. And we create and curate meaningful volunteer opportunities for those companies. And I think we do that on on three levels. We do it individually. So we provide individuals in companies and within the life science ecosystem opportunities to volunteer. We also are arranging departmental types of activities for companies like maybe small groups in companies and then even company-wide types of activities in addition to providing grants up to 50,000 in the community and hopefully as we grow we can even grow that but I'm very proud to say that within a year and a half or two years last year we did almost a quarter of a million in grants that was our first year And this year, we hope to go north of a half a million in grants to the community. And I think this is important because where I have come from is the side where we're looking over that fence of life sciences, a huge economic driver in San Diego, and going, wow, I wish we could have you involved in some way in what we're doing, trying to help people at the most basic level. And it's sometimes hard because And it's not purposeful. People in life sciences are some of the most caring and passionate people, but they're really grinding out, focused on making science and making that happen. But when you give folks a platform and you break down those barriers to give them a chance to give back, uh, that's what we're seeing happen uh, tenfold, which is really exciting. And I have to admit, I forgot your original question, and I'm gonna blame that on the beer right now, but that's okay. It, you well, know it's we'll, good to we'll have circle something back, to go we'll back uh, <laughs> yeah. i, I think, might uh, have to go back yeah. to the, the the blueberry blonde just to get me settled down here <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i think your your question you answered the question perfectly so well you know it might be helpful and i think something that really resonates with with people listening is maybe getting an example of an impact that was made recently where either through a financial contribution or through human capital contribution where people were out and kind of working in the community that that made a difference.
1: Yeah, I know. And in the community, I have to say, um, and and I got to tell you, like right now today and maybe half an hour ago, we had a a group of employees from um, Boundless Bio, one of our corporate partners, and they went down to senior community centers, which is focused on helping homeless seniors And this is an issue in San Diego that's growing. One in four homeless individuals are over the age of 65. So, this is something that's a real serious issue for our community. But today, we had a group of employees go down and serve lunch and connect with people who are struggling. They also were able to give lunches out to homeless individuals and really contribute to that effort with serving seniors. Tonight, uh, we have Locana Bio going down to Barrio Logan uh, College Institute in Barrio Logan, and and having a, a sit down conversation with students to share with them what life science what life sciences is, uh, perhaps what their role could be, and giving them general kind of career advice, but insights and allowing them to ask questions and connect. So that's today. That's happening, and that's happening every day with Life Science Cares to really connect companies to the community. And I think that one of the, I think one of the most meaningful, one of the most meaningful activities. And I'm going to give you two examples. Is last uh, December we did um, a program called Holiday Helpers, where we gave companies an opportunity. We kind of gave them a menu of things that they could participate in. And that's the other thing is like we help organize this stuff because companies don't necessarily have the ability to do that. We identified a need that families needed to have extra support. You know, we have a lot of, especially communities of need, people of color, people in communities that are more um, underserved or fragile communities are really struggling. So we had families who. Around the holidays, had some special, you know, special requests, uh, and had a wish list that they provided uh, through Barrio Logan College Institute, which is one of our grantees. And these families, they didn't ask for like playstations and a bunch of toys. I mean, we had like cribs, couches, kitchen items on the list. It, you know, you wouldn't think that for the holidays, but we had individuals sign up to support these families, and then each company uh, group got to go wrap the gifts and go down and. Meet the family to give the gifts to, and I got to attend one of these events, and it was, um, I believe, called Kura Oncology. We had we had several uh, employees from Kura participate. Gossamer, I can continue to name the companies, but this this man had lost his wife, Diego lost his wife. Uh, he was now widowed with two children to raise, and uh, we were able to provide him support and hopefully some peace and joy during the holidays that he may not have had otherwise. So that was really meaningful to come down and kind of witness that coming together of these two energies and efforts to really help somebody and impact their lives. And individually, so that that was super that was one of the special ones that I got to get to and I try to get to all of them these days but we have so many great activities going on I can't get to each one. And then on a personal level, you know, we're also able to provide opportunities for individuals to contribute. And, you know, another uh, low-income housing, low-income housing sometimes, like, it's just the housing, right? There's not a lot going on. It's not like you have a pool and a clubhouse, right? And there's not a lot of enrichment for older adults. So we provided an opportunity. uh, Serving seniors was hoping that somebody could come down and play music or do art or do something with the seniors that might enrich their lives and, and help help make their lives a little bit more meaningful. And we had actually a CEO in one of our companies uh, brought his son down to do a cello concert in the courtyard of a senior living low-income housing complex. And when you walked in and you heard the cello, it was hauntingly beautiful. And those seniors dressed up for this concert. Uh, They really, and it really touched my heart. It touched my heart. Yeah, I bet. It was so we're able to make those moments happen for people. So um, I don't want to be too lengthy because I can get carried away. But those are a couple examples.
0: Those are some great examples. And you know, I, when I asked the question, I, I was hoping that I wasn't putting you on, a, on the spot where it would be hard to give an answer. But you had an overflowing <laughs> number of, of answers or examples. So that's that's great.
1: Yeah, this job has a full cup every day. That's the. That's amazing. It, yeah. it is it is a gift, really. One I never thought I would get uh, after being on furlough from what I thought was my dream job, and lest lest I know that this was this was actually my dream job. So that's exciting.
0: That it sure is. So so looking forward, you're only a year in, which is amazing. You just gave some of those examples, and you've got them happening. Weekly, in some cases, daily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, wh- where does the organization go from here? What are you trying to to continue to grow? Or are you trying to expand, have more opportunities, more funding, more more grants? What's the What's the next step?
1: We have eighteen or so life science companies in San Diego. So, if each one of them were a corporate partner, we'd be giving millions out each year. If If every C suite leader in San Diego of life science companies and their adja- and our adjacent partners you know, that would be, we could ultimately give between 10 and $15 million out per year to this community and really make an impact. And I think, and and Dan, you were, it was a pleasure to have you at our event. I think it's last week now. Uh, but it was really powerful. I'm
0: it was last week and it was a great great event, by the way.
1: It was awesome. And, yeah. you know, Fahim, who's on our board, Fahim Hosnain, you know, he, he asked that question, like, what if, what if we got every company? What if we got you know, every leader to be a part of Life Science Cares, we could give millions and we will. I, but he, he asked that what if question. And I think it really woke people up to say, yep. you know, it, it's not like I have to give millions myself. If everybody right. contribute, we could unite it. We could be united in a way to make that happen. So, yeah. I think that's the future of Life Science Cares. And then we have to figure out like, how we're gonna to continue to make these really special connections with the people. That's the money part. But, but making these connections with one person at a time is important. And I we just recently did kind of, because our, our grantees, we are basically kind of a foundation as well. So we had a mid-year meeting with our current grantees. And one of the questions was, how is Life Science Cares different? And they said, you know, Life Science Cares gives an opportunity for people to get hands-on with our mission. And that's really unique. And I think it's something that people who donate, people who volunteer really want to have. And I was just on the actually just before this, I was on the phone with Illumina and we were talking about maybe some partnership opportunities, which would be awesome. But I think the idea is getting, you know, it's it's not easy to like vet a bunch of nonprofit organizations and then figure out where you want to lean in. But that's what life science cares does. That's what we yep. do. So I think the future uh, is wonderfully overwhelming on what we can all do together to make a difference in the community. And with that said, we also have a grants committee that's looking at our new grantees now. And I think we're trying to look at where we lean into hunger in San Diego or homelessness. You know, where can life science private dollars really make a difference to move the needle? And we're doing that work, uh, that rigorous diligence to really find that out on behalf of the hundreds of people and companies who are donating to Life Science Cares—that's
0: excellent. That's that's great, and I, I love to hear that. I'm I, I'm excited to have a front row seat to kind of continue to watch <laughs> do, the sure. growth and, and maybe you know, hopefully play a part in it. It's it's uh it's such a great cause, and there's there's you're right. There's so many organizations here in San Diego that can benefit from from what you're what you're doing and what you're leading. So that's that's awesome. All right, so I got one more question for you. So in this. I'm excited to get your perspective on this because it's different than some of the other guests I've had in the past. But so the the science, the San Diego life science ecosystem is is flourishing, it feels like mm-hmm. these days. You know you've done a really good job of kind of putting yourself in the in the middle of that without maybe being hands-on on the science at the moment. You mentioned you've had experience in that world in the past. but what what's your take on where where that's where it's going to continue to grow and and where the San Diego life Science ecosystem is headed?
1: Well, i, I also want to give the caveat that our board of managers—you know, Rich Heyman, Carol Gallagher, Wayne Fishburn, Tom Daniel, Fahim Hasnain, Trisha Milliken—wow, what a powerhouse! I like that's,
0: that's like a San Diego like an all-star
1: team, right? I- Iconic so are, by science
0: um, people list right there. Yeah,
1: amazing group of people that help help me get connected and then allow me to kind of drive that energy. But I think um, you know, and I'm a layman at this, and when I hear folks talk about where we might head with this industry in San Diego. We also have a lot of other technology industries that are very vibrant and just really growing. So I see a lot of uh, collaborative efforts. I also see a lot of collaborations between different donate, you know, domains in diagnostics and medical device and biotech and biopharma. So I th- I see a lot of linkages between the technology in San Diego it's hard to imagine a city that is more poised for dynamic growth and innovation in San Diego and with a background of beauty that is insurmountable. So I do see growth. I see a continued growth. I think we're going to hit a couple of rocky points here as we meander through challenges in the world. And that, that is the thing that really... You was really the unknown, right? So, as a society, how can we level out our caring for each other while we also aspire to have innovation and growth in the industries that are ultimately going to make our world a better place? So, I know that was a little bit of a rambly, a rambly. Uh, no, that's,
0: that's a good answer.
1: But that is, that is, I think there is nothing but growth for San Diego and we have to be mindful to make sure and lift all boats you know to create that equitable opportunity and for our young people to create that social capital because you know i have i have teenagers and wondering what this world's going to be like when they're ready to like land in in the world and make their yeah. make their way in the world and i think we all yep. think that i know dan you've I don't know how many kids you have, but it's a lot. <laughs> I have
0: three. It. It's not an uncontrollable okay, not, number. Not but, it's, anymore, but, it's, you know, but
1: they're young, My wife you and I are playing zone, we're
0: playing zone defense though at this point. Yeah, so you it's are definitely, playing zone defense. Uh, or, enough kids. Out, but
1: we, we are. I think we have a growth potential here. And the combination of technologies is going to be powerful to look at how that comes together. And we have a lot of small companies that are moving to midsize and even looking at taking on their own uh, next phase of growth on their own.
0: So I'm a I'm a San Diego local. I've I've lived I, I didn't I wasn't born here, but I've been here for 30 years. So I think it qualifies as being a local at this point. And I think being a San Diego, San Diego local, you take some things for granted. One one thing being the weather. Like you kind of like forget how easy it is to live here because you know you've got it so good. But the, the another thing, and this is something that I think is echoed across a lot of people in the life science ecosystem that talk about it is is how willing the community is here to help each other and i think you just made a good point when you said we want to you know raise all raise all boats we want you want to try to everyone wants to try to support each other because it's not it doesn't that this this san diego doesn't have the feel of a of the competitive nature where you're you're kind of trying to you know maybe wrestle out wrestle someone out of their spot so you can take their spot and kind of work your way mm-hmm. to the top that way i feels like there's really a uh, a sense of of community in the, in the life science space especially mm-hmm. where everyone's willing to kind of support each other and help each other so i think those those points you made are are really are spot on
1: yeah i think that it, that reflection's real and it, i i feel that i think in this work in life science cares kind of lends itself to that it's not just an aspiration you know it's really reality in san diego and that united takes on a real true I think, true north for us, you know, that we can be united and together we can amplify this effort uh, to really make a difference in our community and the world. So I I, I don't, I'm not, you know, it's funny, I I have a brother who, uh, and so many people do, I have a brother who's probably in the opposite ends of politics. I'm not going to tell you what end. But recently he said, you know, Leanne, it's just going to be unicorns and roses now. And I go, well, what's wrong with unicorns and roses? I mean, who who the heck doesn't want that? So I really do believe, I I believe, and maybe it's the work that we do that allows, the work that I do that allows me to believe that way. But I see that every day. I see every single day people trying to make a difference in in their work and life sciences by creating science that's going to change people's lives, and then also by making an effort in the community. So.
0: Great. Well, very cool. You know, is before I guess we kind of we end the conversation here, which has been a great one. Is there anything else about about the organization that you want the community and the listeners here to be aware of?
1: Well, I would say that if you're not a part of our board of advisors, which is a great way to contribute, be a part of us. And if you're not a corporate partner, then at least reach out uh, to our organization and find out how you can volunteer individually. Like every single person within the life science community can be a part of Life Science Cares, and when we have achieved that, then I think we will really move the needle on the community of need in San Diego. So I invite you to to join in and reach out and find out how you know what part you can play.
0: That's great. All right, well we'll leave it there. Thanks, Leanne, again for being a guest, and uh, this has been great. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Biotech and Breweries podcast. If you found this episode interesting, please share it with a friend or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app. For more information or to suggest a guest, please visit biotechandbreweries.com.